back. Yeah. It's hard to believe it's been another <clears throat> week, right? <laughs> yeah, that week is almost feels or, like 10 minutes. Yeah, has it been 10 minutes? <laughs> Which has it been? 10 minutes or a week? Time is relative. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we're not drinking the same thing this time. No. What are you drinking there? I am just, I am drinking the rest of some red wine that we had in the house. And, um... Oh, that's not any red wine. Oh, was it? I honestly didn't pay attention to what it was that I poured in the glass. <laughs> that's a really bad sign. Well, there's, you know, two things that make that glass special. Okay. That is the last of the what was remaining in the bottle from our trip to Cannon Beach. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought this was something we had had before. So. No. Uh, but there's nothing special. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that. Well, I'm not going to say the name of the wine because I forget what the bottle is actually. So, but there really is nothing special. I bought this. I didn't buy this in, you know, a winery in Cannon Beach or a wine shop in Cannon Beach even. I bought it in the local grocery store. So... <laughs> The little market they have there. Gotcha. So it's not like it's, you know, anyway. But it is a Syrah. Which is my favorite. And Syrahs are your favorite. Yeah. And we first were introduced to Syrahs when we were in uh, Walla Walla. Yes. Yeah. At Savaya Cellars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and we like, that's when we were like, oh my God, this is... If you want to... This uh, is really wonderful wine. If you, if you always want to buy cheap wine, do not visit a winery and drink out of the barrels. No. Because <laughs> they will... I just had a visual of myself drinking, drinking out of a out barrel. Of a barrel <laughs> with a straw. <laughs> barrel of wine. <laughs> barrel of wine. Um, yeah. No, it's I... It's kind of hard to move around. Kind of got... You got the got job ruined done. for good wine, so... Yeah. Um, so I get a little particular now, but we are going to a concert tonight, um, the Sweeplings concert, yeah. which will be at a local um, wine tasting room, I think. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to so that. It's someplace we haven't been yet. Yeah. So yeah, we love the Sweeplings. Yeah. And we love wine. Perfect. This <laughs> dude, and we love each other. Ah! <laughs> it's the trifecta. <laughs> That's what they call that. Oh my gosh. A trifecta. You have just set this night up to be... <laughs> Epic? Yes, I have. <laughs> uh, well, one other thing that we've discovered about wine, too, though, is it doesn't always have to be expensive wines. So, no, it doesn't. Like that that first bottle of of, of uh, Syrah from Savaya Cellars that we found that you fell in love with. I mean, yeah, that's like a $40 bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. We consider that pretty spendy. We don't regularly we buy, buy $40, $40 bottles no. of wine. But we've found some surprisingly amazing wines that we that mm -hmm. we just really like. And I think Brian <clears throat> taught us that. Yeah. Brian taught us that a wine doesn't have to be expensive to be wonderful. Yeah. I think it's it's learning which type of wine that you like and right. why you like it. Right. Um, we did um, in, I think it was in 2017... We um, got a membership at the Mary Hill Winery here mm -hmm. in Spokane, and it was literally right behind Fleet Feet. So 
we could just go have a wine tasting or a glass of wine after right. work, and right. it was really nice, and the view there is epic. So we actually had an opportunity to learn quite a bit about wines over that year and um, taste a lot of things that we probably wouldn't normally just go get a bottle or a glass of wine somewhere for. And um, I think we kind of dialed in what we enjoy. Um, yeah. And we have different ones that we like for different times of the year. So um, we're getting ready to come into deck weather. And Here rosé. Yep. <laughs> Mary Hill rosé is my favorite. And yeah, it's a sweet deck wine. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I think... We'll be busting that out on the podcast one of these days. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of a... That kind of when we just keep it around because it's a... It's a nice cold wine. Yeah. But um but yeah, I I like Syrahs and um but I prefer reds red wines over white wines. Yeah. So, yeah. Now I am not drinking wine. I am drinking bourbon. I'm sipping bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um I have uh yeah, and this bourbon is um is one of my favorites. So it's from Bull Run distillery in portland and i have just i just really like it it's like it's like super smooth doesn't have a lot of bite to it and i just really like that so and i don't really like people talk about you know you're supposed to put like a straw of water Hmm. into whiskey to kind of and it opens it up a little bit but you're just hardcore Um, you just go straight i don't see it as hardcore i just i'm like this is the way they made it. This is how I want to taste it. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, and, and I just like drinking bourbon neat. So room temperature, no ice. I don't want it watered down. I don't want Does that know. mean I'm drinking my red Syrah uh, <laughs> neat? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> yes. I'll take a Syrah neat. neat? <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, mm, yeah. a box of wine down the street. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, I just think that, uh, and so we have a philosophy too, you know, we, we, we talk about, we, like we have a drink when we're recording these podcasts and we, we talk about, you know, alcohols and what we like and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But we drink, I think pretty specifically, like mm-hmm. we don't, we don't just drink and drink and drink and whatever's around. Like we drink specific, like we have specific things that we like mm-hmm. and then, and so I think what we find in that is that we don't necessarily drink a whole lot, but we like we really enjoy the mm-hmm. things that we drink. So it's like it's a bit crafted, I think. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of like it's, fine. It's a mood. What mood yeah, are you in? Yeah. What yeah. do you feel like? What do we feel like? And so we yeah. kind of come up with whatever yeah. else. That's why we thought it would be kind of fun to start every podcast this way because it's for us again. It's it's a it's an experience. Um, um, it's also where we end up having a lot of conversations, especially in the summer on the deck. Yes. We will go out there and we will kind of debrief the day. We'll have a glass of wine or we'll have a mm-hmm. gin and tonic or, a, you know, something. something like that. And we'll just, yeah, we'll just sit and enjoy the evening sun and each other and, yeah. and you know, process the day and all the things that have happened. And so we thought, why wouldn't we bring that into the podcast here? Well, yeah. Yeah. So... To figure yeah. out how to get the R-Pod up on the deck. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it'd probably be a little, a little, probably a little noisy to record a podcast outside. Yeah. yeah. We might have to change our setup I can a see the bit. deck from here, so maybe that satisfies. The... Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Good. Okay. Awesome. Okay, done. 
<laughs> done? Or is that your thing? Move on now? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I've just solved the problem. So oh, so, oh, got it. Got it. That's good. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, we can move on. Um, so um, we have just finished kind of talking about um, your couple of craniotomies mm -hmm. and other things that were leading up to that and and what we have had gone through over those couple of years together and just you know finding out there was a, a tumor and and what we're going to do to you know deal with that and uh, yeah that whole story go back and listen to those episodes because mm -hmm. um, um it gives a lot of context for where we're going in this particular yeah. conversation and um and i think that that would be good but we we were also talking that it would be nice for this one to stand a bit on its own um, as Absolutely. well. Um, so that there's, um, so, you know, this was actually the, after we recorded the first um, conversation, we're like, well, we should talk about the year of just next. And um, I think this is the fourth episode later. We're actually getting <laughs> to that. So um, understanding that there. Fifth episode, all 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 said and done yeah. but yes the fourth episode after that yes yeah um that i think uh we we realized that that we didn't just land in the year of jess um oh hey let's have a year of jess what should it be like what should we do in it right. um it was it was really far more evolving than that and unintentional yeah until it became intentional yeah there was definitely a crossover that mm -hmm. happened yeah. yeah yeah so and and i think that um it, it's almost kind of funny to, to think about, you know, a, yeah. a, a year of Jess. Mm -hmm. um, and in our former life, you know, which again, we will probably talk about at some point in time on this podcast, but we haven't talked a ton about yet. Um, but in our former life, that would have been just like, you just don't, why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you have a year of yourself? That's, yeah. you know. Um, and so again, discovering that this was happening as opposed to determining that this was going to happen mm -hmm. was a, a part of our process mm -hmm. as well. And I say our process because this oh. was a together. Oh, thing. absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm, I'm not taking anything on that. Am I? No, 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 no. Because it's actually, um, as the, as the year started to evolve, which was the year of 2019, as it started to evolve, um, you started making some little comments along the way of, we should just, this will just be the year of Jess. We'll just we'll just call it that, you know. And, and you did not I like did, it. Did not like that. Um, like you had like reactions against it a couple of times. Yeah. But I know a good thing when I see it. <laughs> you do. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was. Uh, it, I do. After everything that we had been through with these surgeries and yeah. the money and the time and everything that went into my re my surgeries and recovery and all of it the thought that we're going to put any more focus on me was just like we got to move on this has got to be about somebody yeah. else yeah this has got to be about something else um so every time that you kind of alluded to that or even joked about mm -hmm. it i just it was it was a bit of a visceral reaction because i just i was i was done having all of this um attention um surrounding me yeah. Um, but I think, especially after our conversation prior to this one, we were realizing that I could not escape this. 
Um, yes. I, I wasn't going to be able to move forward in life, period, without encountering the year of just the way that we did. Um, and that, that was coming off of the heels of, again, like I was saying, of us just going full tilt forward and running into all the, like your body screaming at you mm -hmm. every step of the way and just stopping us, stopping us, stopping us, yeah. you know? And then, um, and then you being told by your massage therapist that you have to tell your body that it's safe. Mm -hmm. And that was like a, a switching point for us. Yeah. And so you, like you, you talked about in the, the last episode, came across this Africa trip, this embodied running mm -hmm. African Africa trip and, um, put on by the public run club. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and part of, of how you had heard about it happening too, was that, um, Hillary McBride, who was one of your favorite podcasters and, and somebody who has been instrumental in your life and mm -hmm. coming to grips with. Unbeknownst to her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, cause again, she has a. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens in podcasts. With the liturgists yeah. and all that kind of stuff, right? And so, um, and her own speaking, I mean, whatever else, right? But, right. but yes, um, that it was just like, it was something like you, you said, well, has, here's this opportunity to not only spend 10 days with someone that you think very highly of and who has been instrumental in your life in mm -hmm. rethinking some things, but it's in fucking Africa. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was quite multifaceted because I originally approached it um, <laughs> with my old uh, mindset, which was this isn't this trip isn't for me. It's for other people who can afford to do this trip. Yes. So, yeah. um, what if I could somehow make some aspect of this thinking for me? Um, so I did two things. One. Um, I reached out to them to see if there was a way that we could bring this thought and thinking to the runners I was already working with because I was having these conversations that in this language of embodied running, although I wasn't using the word embodied at the time, but there was a kind of holistic approach that I, mm -hmm. I was taking with our, um, our beginner runners. Um, but, uh, but I wanted to give them, sometimes they just need an outside voice. Sometimes they need, um, just a little experience of something that kind of keeps you, keeps you in the game and keeps you moving forward. And, um, so I thought, man, if we could just collide these two worlds together, that would be kind of it for me. Right. Um, but the, the other part was, you know, I think selfishly, I thought, man, if I could get this conversation happening in our groups, you know, some kind of collaborative here, I get to partake in what's being said too. you know, I get to just fill my tank with it. So that was one ask, one part of And can I just say really quick too that that's part of our like full throttle ahead. Yeah. Approach to Oh, absolutely. Because even though we were realizing <laughs> something needed to change, change doesn't just happen at the snap of a finger. And right. so it's a process of change. And so part of this was you doing what you do mm. and making a, making something happen. Because you determined that the big thing wasn't for you, but you could network and you could make something happen yeah. on a smaller scale. And, you know, whether we talk about it or not, I mean, you totally pulled it off. Um, and, you know, but it was, it, it, again, it was part of just doing what we do. Right. Just getting shit done. Right. 
Anyway, go. I, sorry, go. And no, you, no, no, no. I mean, thing the, it's it's a good point. Um, the second part was that I signed up for the public run club. You know, when when you work for a running store and you, um, I I oversaw our running programs for the stores. So, um, you know, I we hire coaches for each you know different distances and that sort of thing. And I always stayed engaged with the beginner um, group because I wanted to be um, part of that that mm-hmm. doorway between non-running and running and because I felt like it was more than just running miles. It was, there was life transformation in that space. So as so I say, I was talking embodied running without no without knowing the sure. words. Right. So, um, uh, but I, but you get into that space and sometimes you need um, an outside voice for yourself. You need something that's putting into you. And um, so I signed up um, for one of Carly's challenges in the public run club. I think it was in the spring and um, my first run was actually in Cannon Beach that year. Um, and I remember that. Yeah. It was a timed run. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I was just, I was so excited. I was so motivated to get back to running, but with um, an approach that was more kind to my body, mm-hmm. that was more gracious, that was more intuitive. Um, something um, Carly was challenging us to, um, to spend some time listening to the experience that we had on running. Um, both in our body and what was going on around us. Um, I and, was so used to just pounding out miles. So and this was a very cool concept. all of our running experience, all of your running experience up to that point had been about pick a race, pick a pace, you know, right. commit to it. That was kind of like the... That's almost the, a slogan there, babe. Well, that's kind of, that is the yeah. slogan that we would say. Pick a race, pick a pace and commit to it. Yeah. And that's how you go run is you have this goal of right. competing in a race. Well, and, and I, you would this even... is how fast I want to do it. And, and so I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Gonna, and so it was always about driving yourself right. and beating yourself to, I got to get out there and get those miles. And Carly's approach was much more about take your watch off, go for a run and don't run with headphones. Listen to the birds singing, listen to the, you know, mm-hmm. you're running on the Very beach, ex- listen to the, the waves crashing on the shore you know, it, feel everything, feel mm-hmm. every ache and pain, feel I, the exhilaration of breathing. I mean, well, and I was a data junkie and so I would get done yes, with the run. Was. I was, well, I'm a data junkie in a different <laughs> way now, but I was in my running when it came to that, the metrics, the metrics, the metrics, right, they were right. all over there and, you know, to run without my watch was just didn't happen. And, um, you know, there's absolute benefit to all of that. I'm not dis- discrediting that, but I, I definitely had zeroed in on a very physical aspect of running yeah. and um, left the rest of me behind in that experience. I also would c- continually say, if the goal doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for me, prior to, um, you know, three and a half years ago, I was training for um, Ironman races um, and trying to step into that arena, um, which meant uh, if I listen to my body too much, I won't meet the goal. <laughs> like, I mean, you're just, yeah. it's it, it's just not where my headspace was. So with that being the way that I had approached running, coming back to running um, with a body that um, had a different story to tell, <laughs> I, I really was colliding quite a bit between these two worlds. And so when... Um, when I had a chance to, uh, to email with Carly a bit and find out what she was about, I thought this, this, with what Trish had said, this might be right up my alley, um, for a different approach 
to um, to running in my life and to to coming back? What would my comeback not look like? What my brain had planned prior? Would it look um, far different? A different experience with running. So I took those two approaches um, with um, public run clubs. So uh, or with the Africa experience, I I had at that time come probably. I think it was May, uh, Carly came out and did um, a round of um, embodied running workshops for um, one, two, three, four different fleet feats that um, we had in the network, um, and one of them being in Spokane. And so I actually I got to meet Carly at that time. Um, one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever been privileged to meet, mm-hmm. and um, anyone who has a chance to have her in their life space is truly, truly blessed. And, um, she, in her, in her gentle, but persuasive way, continued to move me forward in, um, a different conversation with my body. Mm. And, um, so we did those workshops in May and in between starting to schedule those with her, um, into the stores, um, working with a PT, working with a massage therapist. I was seeing my MD for some acoustic wave therapy. You had a team. I had a team of people in place. I was also still seeing a therapist at the time too. And, um, I had a very, very stressful job situation. And, um, so I was managing a high level of stress at that time. So I was seeing my therapist for that. Um, the one thing I was not doing in that space, if we talk about the holistic part of me was church. Um, I was not going to church, which I think I I said, I I actually said that I wasn't doing something, but I think that was actually doing something for myself. It it absolutely was an, an action we were taking taking, to not just show up at church. Mm -hmm. Um, post my first craniotomy in July, I did not return to church setting. Um, it didn't start out intentional. It became intentional later. Um, so all of these parts of me were, were being, it, I don't want to say treated, were being engaged um, by different people. Right. And, um, and I, rem- I remember there was at one time when I was talking about going to see a massage therapist and I, I told you, I said, I really need to do this. I'm not going to be able to run again if I don't do this, but this is going to be more money out. And like, I was just like, I felt so guilty for asking us to spend more money on me. Like we had, oh, the bills were just starting to come in from the craniotomy. <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't stomach this, but I, I'm stuck too. Um, and, um, so there was a decision once all the financials were coming in on the craniotomy, astronomical numbers, <laughs> stressful numbers. Um, we decided we would refinance the house um, to get out from under the medical bills. And if we did the refinance right, we could afford this trip to Africa. And then it just became a question of... Do you want to do this? Do I want to do this? And um, I don't think it took me long to answer that question. I felt guilty for the answer. Yeah, you went back and forth tons of times. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't 
that wasn't any lack of you making a decision you didn't want to do it. That was once you decided you were going to do it, it was you second guessing. All Part of the it time. had to do with my leg. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm still not running yet. I'm still yeah. yes. on the couch, like per se. So could I actually even do this trip? Like go and do this whole thing and be okay to run. Right. So there was a part of it where like I had to start investing the money for the trip with the risk that could I even run if I went. Right. And so Carly and I had conversations about what that could possibly look like, um, depending on how my, um, healing went. Um, I think it was probably in May when Carly was out here, we sat with her at the yards, um, a little restaurant in Kendall Yards, and we just talked about where we were at. We ended up writing her a check for, you know, for the trip, and, um, but she, she, she kind of said some profound things to me, just insightful things that, um, yeah, she's pretty wonderful that way. Yeah. And it really kind of launched me in a whole different um, perspective of myself, a whole different uh, viewpoint. And uh, and I really I took it seriously. I took it to heart. And um, and <laughs> I knew that there was I'd been dealing with the physical PT massage therapist, running differently. This embodied approach to running. Um, I wasn't going to church. I was seeing a therapist for the stress. But there was this part of me, like, who made me me, like that part of me, that I was not addressing. Mm. And I was stuck in my physical healing. I was just stuck. I was stagnant. This was May. And I thought, there's there's a missing component here. There's something else that has to to flesh out um, for me to move forward, for me to tell my body it's safe. And um, Can I just insert something yeah. here real quick? Because I, I think this is very important in what you're alluding to right now and what you're getting ready to start, is that, again, part of the year of Jess was not us planning out a year of Jess. Right part of the year of Jess was recognizing that there was something different that was happening mm -hmm. and that as you were, um, as you were saying, I need to start telling my body that it's a safe place to be mm -hmm. my body, that this is a safe space that I'm going to listen to my body, that I'm going to take care of her, all of those things. Um, as you began pursuing that part of what started to really define the year of Jess is that we started having conversations about what are the opportunities that are presenting themselves and we and making a decision to say yes to every opportunity that presented itself um and not all opportunities are opportunities right so there's some right. things that come about that you're just I mean I just can't do that you know somebody like this is, this is a little random but it's it, painting the picture of what I'm talking about here there was just a thing about how over the next five or ten years or something they're going to start making trips to the moon available okay now that's an opportunity but you have to be a 
scientist with a PhD or you have to be a medical professional or you have to have all this money or whatever else. And I'm like, so for me, that's not an opportunity. (laughs) So not all opportunities are opportunities. We had to face that too, that there are some things that may come about that, you know, like the Africa trip, we were asking that question. This is a great opportunity, but it may not be an opportunity either. We don't, we don't know if we can make it happen or not, but we were going to say yes to every true opportunity. If we could make it happen, if we could figure out a way to to breathe it into existence or to to make a sacrifice over here so that this could happen or whatever else, we were going to say yes to it for you. Mm-hmm. This was your year. And very specifically, there were opportunities that were coming about for me that I was mm. specifically saying no to. You actually tried to say yes to some things and they fell through. Well, it... More so, it was about that as I was trying to say yes to them, it was like I was getting I was getting like this internal pushback. Like there was something internally inside of me. And I, I remember having this conversation with you at one point in time where I, I came to you and I just said, I'm not going to pursue that right now because this is your year. And there's just and it was just this resolve inside of me that this is this is this year isn't about me. This is about you. And I don't say that to kind of put myself on some kind of pedestal that what a great person I am or whatever. It was just, it was that black and white. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, for you and I entering into this, this space of um, that we were, we were 100% in this together means that in that partnership that sometimes that, um, that it, like this was a period of you getting focus mm-hmm. in this because you had just been through two years of hell. Um, and things prior to that too, that, you know, we haven't addressed yet, but that, and it was, it was your time. It was your time for, for you, for, for you, but for us to focus on you and Mm -hmm. to focus on your healing, to focus on your health and to, and to take advantage of every opportunity that presented itself. And Mm -hmm. so that was one of the things that, that was a, there was a huge fundamental shift in our thinking when we when we fully embraced when you finally embraced the year of Jess when I yeah. was when I was promoting it saying hey this is it this is your year we're gonna say yes to things we're gonna you know all that and then you finally embraced it that was one of the pivotal things for us was saying yes to every opportunity that presented itself that would um, and you know in opportunities in this case in those things that would promote your healing that mm-hmm. would promote your um, your recovery, your your wholeness. Well, yeah, I was going to use the word wholeness because I had started out that year with this hashtag journey to wholeness. Like I, I didn't even know what I was headed towards, and yet I mm-hmm. kind of knew, I guess. Um, and uh, was looking for opportunities to feel whole. And I think it, it came from the idea that they literally, like, I felt fragmented. You know, uh, they cut this big part of your skull off and they put it back on with these um they look like little flowers almost these pinwheel um titanium plates plates or sutures or something and and they put it all back like that and it's this feeling of fragmented it was just a word Mm -hmm. that kept resonating with me but i think it 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 was far deeper than that as i was journeying through 2019 because I felt fragmented. My, I didn't know how to connect my spiritual and my physical and my emotional and 
in my mental and make all of this work. It was just all these fragmented parts, right? I felt strange in my body. It was a body I didn't know anymore. And I felt like I had to like get to know her again, um, mm. kind of meet for the first time. Um, Carly and I have talked about this quite a bit, that there was this, uh, this mantra that she you know, kept saying that I had so much resistance to, and it was, this is my body, this is my home. Mm. And I, I had such conflict with that because this body, I was really proud of her for everything she'd endured and gone through in the last couple of years. And yet I was kind of mad at her too. Cause like it really disrupted my life and this tumor just took over and decided our finances, decided our circumstances, you know, like there was this, this relationship with that. This is my body. This is my home. Home is usually something we hope that is a safe space, right? Where you can let down and you can be yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you don't, when your body doesn't feel, it feels foreign. It doesn't feel like itself. It's hard for it to feel like home. Like there's all this complex uh, feeling in that statement. And not to mention our, the entirety of our lived life prior to this, Largely spiritually, because that's what we were, yeah. that's what we were almost entirely motivated by initially Ugh. was a denial of, of self, the, a denial of self. of self, denial of the body. Yes. Um, the body is really, it's a hub for your sin. And so you're always, your spiritual is always in conflict with the body because it is innately evil. There were air quotes there innately evil so we're trying to the spiritual part of us is trying to override that evilness within our body everything from pleasure to uh care self-care yes to um you know to healing your body in multiple facets multiple ways all of those things become such a conflict with the spiritual so if you can get the picture that I, when I say fragmented was a word for me, it, it absolutely entailed every aspect of my life. Right. So this journey to wholeness became the kind of the plumb line to what did qualify as something that we could do or say yes to in the year of Jess. Did it, did it guide, lead, satisfy the, the agenda of wholeness? Um, would it contribute to that? Not that I had to know what it was going to actually do or that I had to even agree with it or <laughs> like it, it just had to be a contributor to this path of, of finding wholeness in myself again. Um, we also committed to entertaining things we'd never entertained before. A trip internationally to a place both of us would have loved to have gone but for me to go by myself with a group of women, like all the things about this trip said, don't do it. <laughs> like all the things that I would normally have said, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. We didn't do anything without each other. No. I, I mean, it, it, you don't do something this epic and we don't and not and, do, it and not do it together. Um, and you don't do things with women. Uh, you know, because we already addressed that in the first episode, um, that uh, it was just to do any kind of women's retreat or anything. This was like, this was at the top of the list of the things that I don't do. Um, I was really enticed by two things, well, three things, 
Africa. <laughs> I'm running and Hillary um, because I absolutely had come to a place of trusting the things that Hillary was was speaking of and um and it was healing my life so I thought at the very least I have you know those three things in right. that experience right so um uh another opportunity came up in June um something I had never known about I had never contemplated um I never thought about spending money on and that was to hire a life coach um I had a therapist I had like I had everybody I had this like a whole team of people and because we were saying yes to every, every opportunity. opportunity yeah and um so I came across Madison another avenue through Hillary somebody that Hillary had done some conversations with and so um, I listened a little bit more to what Madison was um, saying and what her, um, she had a group um, session, a 14-week session called Awaken Her Soul that um, was launching in June. And uh, I would finish the week before going to Africa. So it kind of seemed like this was a good space for my life to just spend some focused time on on me and being willing to, to dig up maybe some things that I still needed to, you know, work out in myself. Sure. Um, is a big chunk of money to um, to contemplate. So another area of guilt for me. <laughs> um, but we did it and um, and decided uh, to move forward. And I really pressed into the work um, that needed to be done in that 14 weeks. Um, I have to say that was probably one of the most transformational spaces that I was in the entire year. Um, it was a lot of... Uh, personal reflection and um, listening to the stories I was telling myself and the conversations I was having my, with myself and uh, reevaluating the things in my life that were um, not in alignment um, with the true part of me. Mm. Um, and so some things had to be let go of. Um, one of those was my job. Mm. Um that was building prior to ever signing up for that program, but the things that I, the work I was doing on myself during that time just solidified that, yes, this is the right direction I need to move to be in health and alignment with myself and to continue in the journey of wholeness. It was a, it was a job that was in alignment with our full throttle, pedal to the metal oh, yeah. lifestyle oh, of absolutely. before. Like, mm -hmm. it was a job that kind of fed on that. Yep. And go, 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 do, 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 always take the next thing, always. I mean, there was never a, a, a season of rest. Like, never. There mm -hmm. was no season of rest. Yeah. Um, and the second thing for you is that it was a, a toxic environment. Mm -hmm. um, there were um, There were very difficult um, working relationships with mm -hmm. your bosses. Yeah. Um, that just that made it um, made it a place that was not healthy for you to be any longer. With um, my motivator of I was a work harder, not smarter. Um, I mean, I think I put smart into my job. I think there was a lot of um, oh god of that yes, in there. But I but <laughs> um, if I'm not if not I'm not reaching the expectation that I think is there. 
I will keep working harder and harder and harder and harder to do that. You and can have some workaholic tendencies. Yes, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm not saying that in, in any kind of judgment. No, way. but you put I'm me in the wrong environment and that, that becomes was a an toxic environment thing. Where your workaholism like blossomed. It, it blossomed for some, for other people. It did not blossom for myself. It hurt Yeah, blossom me. is a wrong term. No, but it's but it, it benefited me in one area. But at the same time, everything that I was putting forward of who I thought my who I thought I was, um, those efforts, um, ultimately were not uh, were not what was expected. I think in the job, um, I am I am treading very carefully on this. Um, because it, I, I want to, but, um, but ultimately when I have to look at who my true self is and I have to say, what are the things that I love about me? What are the things that I actually think I'm good at? What are the things that make me deep inside who I am and really happy with who I am? Um, uh, these were not the things, they were not in alignment with my current job. So in that process, um, I was weeding through that. I went ahead and left my job, took a couple weeks off, and then came working in another job for part-time hours. Um, that to, couple of weeks off was some of the best times of you. Um, it was, was. It, it truly was. I, I, it's a very sweet period for me. Yeah. Because um, you had never done that before Mm -mm. you had never just shut everything down for a couple weeks and it it wasn't a vacation because you weren't returning somewhere Mm -mm. you know you were starting something brand new Mm -hmm. on the other side of it and you were just you were just taking a breather Mm -hmm. never done that before what did today have to teach me what did today have to um heal me what i mean it was just truly it, it was it was a very sweet period of time and Really, was, the rest of that summer was. It was one of the opportunities that you mm-hmm. said yes to. It was. It because was because you could have jumped right back right. into your next job, and that, in fact, is what we had always done before. Yeah. We'd always just gone to the next thing, gone to the next thing. This was, and I, and I, I in don't, fact, it, it wasn't even prompted by me, though. I, I have to be honest. My current employer, who, who's, who I was heading to work for, um, after that two weeks off, had said take a couple weeks off before you come work for me. You need it. Like he advocated for me and that. Opportunity presented. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I I can do that. Yeah. Um, so we, we did that. Um, you could ask Madison, my life coach about the kind of work that I did. And, uh, it was nothing short of hard. It was nothing short of, um, invasive to myself. And, um, but it was, probably the most rewarding work that I had done on myself and all of my life in spiritual context, church context of kind of beating yourself into alignment with, um, with a theology or a doctrine of beliefs. Um, this was a completely different kind of work. It meant I had to be honest with myself. I couldn't hide behind anything that I believed. I had to really get real with myself and it, um, it was the kind of work that I will, you can't unsee what you see. And so 
I saw something about me that I won't be able to just go back and be that again. Yeah. Um, which meant I couldn't keep working in the capacity that I was working um, previously. I couldn't keep going down that road. Yeah. So the decisions in my life, every decision made after that was truly to this wholeness. And it was just building and building and building. And then I finished Awaken Her Soul. And it is time to head to Africa. And, um, and I have never traveled internationally by myself before. I've always been with a group or something. And it was, um, it was the most amazing experience. Although I was always saying to myself, I'd rather be doing this with Casey. Because <laughs> I wanted you to see everything and experience everything. we had everything. to talk about that. Uh, yeah. We, we had we to did. talk about you just, just <laughs> taking the moments as they were and being present, and not, not feeling guilty that I wasn't there with you. Yeah. I, um, I remember uh, I had taken a journal with me on the plane and, um, decided I was going to just, you know, I had the space. I had a really long flight. <laughs> I should be able to write about something, you know, and, uh, started journaling and I, I realized through the process of that and social media postings of where I was and stuff, I was making excuses for why I should be able to do this. You know, after everything I've been through this year, after having these craniotomies, this is such a wonderful thing to be able to do. And da, da, da. and finally it hit me. It hit me at the very first place that I stayed in Africa. I was waiting to meet my team. So I was alone and it was like hours of being alone. I probably three, four hours. And I remember sitting on the stoop. I have a picture of where I was sitting and the view that I had because it was so monumental to me. And it, the sun was coming up and I was seeing Africa for the first time. And I remember thinking, Jess, stop making excuses for why you get to be here. It's okay to just have fun. everything prior to that you know if we took a vacation with our family working for the church we just somehow quantify where how that money was being used whether anybody expected it of us I had this feeling that that offering plate goes around and whether you're five or 105 you're putting your money in there so that I can feed our kids and we can do this I felt this like responsibility to that and this was just it was okay to not be responsible to anyone for this decision to go to sit there yeah. in that moment yeah um, hmm. so yeah I had I had an amazing 10 days with women holy cow women um and uh all of us came with a story. All of us came for reasons. And we, I was the oldest one there. That was a little <laughs> weird for me in the beginning, but um, it, I learned so much from all of them. I learned so much about myself and, and I fell in love with Africa. I'd go back in a heartbeat, give me a plane ticket, I'll go. I might not come back, I don't know. Um, 
I get a code this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I just, I absolutely, I, I don't think I've ever fallen in love with a, mm. a place before like I did with Africa. Mm. Um, I actually had a hard time getting on the plane. Like I was saying goodbye to the soil. It was like yeah. kind of an embarrassing moment, but at the same time, I was, had this compulsion to do that. Um, and um, and our, our trip was a bit luxurious. <laughs> Which made it even more of that pressing in of just have fun, just just be present. Because we've traveled the world, you and I. Oh man! In different times, and we have all, and it's always been like a mission context, and you know we're here to do the Lord's work, and we don't enjoy ourselves while we're here, and we don't, you know, all that. And you live on a dime, and Mm -hmm. um. And you were staying in incredible places, beautiful spaces, and. Incredible food and coffee and wine yeah. and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. It was. I think every woman should take the opportunity to travel um, alone. Should travel for themselves. For travel for pure fun and luxury. Um, not that you can do that all the time, but yeah. Um, but I think um, it's definitely something I had not experienced. In any at any level in my entire life, right, right. Um, fell in love with outdoor showers. Those are really awesome. Um, yeah, nice. it's just all of it. it it's just, uh, yeah. Like I said, if I go back again, it, you have to make sure I come home because <laughs> it, it is that good of a space for me in my heart. Um, but uh, coming home is hard. to work full-time when I come came home and um uh and then jumped right into treating skin cancer so that was another really fun thing to finish off the year with um I did have an another opportunity um briefly to do one more trip um for a spiritual trauma retreat I tried really hard to make that one happen and it was like fitting around peg or a square peg in a round hole it was it just was not fitting no matter how hard I tried and so that was one of those where I went okay this must not be the right time it yeah. must not be the yeah. right thing yeah. and it was also in 2020 so it kind of finished off in a different year. right <laughs> <laughs> right right but um I, I do expect to do that at some point in time but it was still it was it was just that knowing that okay there's some things I as much as I might want them and this has been a really great experience up to this point there's some things that I just need to say no to. And we were trying to say yes to it, but it just was, again, not every opportunity is an opportunity. Right. And this right. one was, it just did, it just wasn't coming together mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Right. And that was okay. It was. Um, and, you know, it's hard to say no to, but it, it, it was also something where that just that deep knowing that this is not the right time for this. And I expect that I will get a, an opportunity for that one um, in the future. But I think that's just as important as mm-hmm. everything you say yes to. Is knowing is, what to say no to. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just as important. Absolutely. That, you know, like for you, your year, the year of Jess was not about saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. It was about saying yes to the opportunities that presented and recognizing the opportunities for what they were. Absolutely. Right. 
Absolutely. I do think that uh, the one area that was laced throughout all of this and not quite so directly was the spiritual aspect of my life. Mm. Um, and I think that that's why that last one, the spiritual trauma retreat, was one I really wanted to put on the table because I felt like it was that full picture. What I came to realize is that that was and still is being weaved throughout all of this. So as I'm working on everything else, I am. this is an area in which I'm coming to deep resolution about. Um, and uh, I am looking forward to continued conversation in that mm-hmm. area um, because I think there's a lot to talk about. But I also realized how grounded I came, I became at the end of this year of Jess in that area for myself. Mm. So although it's one that I want to keep learning and keep growing and uh, keep engaging conversation in, um, I don't feel like I have uh, as much to unpack as I thought I did mm. um, because it, it happened throughout the entire year. You know, like I said, laced within everything else. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, one of the, you know, cause now you've, you know, you've talked about mm. 2020. I didn't well, even what? mention, I started school in all of this. It was oh, another right. decision <laughs> that I had made, um, while I was doing Awaken Her Soul, that 14 week program in the summer, I landed on, uh, this opportunity to get certified to be a life coach and that was part of what was developing is Carly I this was where I was headed with all this when Carly sat with us at the yards in Spokane one of the com- part of the conversation we had was I, I said to her I said I'm not a real coach like you and she just <laughs> looked at me and she looked at you she was like what you absolutely are a coach and I'm like well no 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 not in the same capacity and I kind of hem hawed around it I said I'm more of a like a community builder and I like to bring people together and network and do all of this, but I, but I want to do it for the motivation of moving people to a new space, to new growth. So whether it's running or personal or whatever. So we had this conversation and she just kind of shook her head and she goes, that's absolutely a coach, Jessica. I mean, <laughs> and, um, and it was this moment that I kind of sat on for the rest of the year going, wow, that little conversation with Carly was pivotal in where I headed next. So when I was in Awaken Her Soul, it kept coming up, you know, this work that Madison was doing with us as a group. I'm, not only am I loving it for myself, but I want to do this for other people. Um, it, I'd been doing it in a running capacity and in a mentoring capacity when we worked in the churches with the youth. But to think about this actually being something that I could do in different facets of life Mm. was really exciting. So the other big thing that we decided to say yes to was me starting um, school. Which was a big yes. It was a big yes, a big expensive yes. It was a time. time Yes. And so I finished Awaken Her Soul the week before I went to Africa. I go to Africa for two weeks. I come back and I start school. Right. And um, it's an online school. So, um, uh, but it's very intensive, and um, and I will be graduating here in April from that. Um, so that's been a big shift for me, has been to start my life coaching business. 
um, one of the conversations Carly and I had when I came home was more on a uh, business planning level. You know, where am I headed? Where, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And she just said, you've had this year of Jess. Like, you need to help other people have a year of you or them. And um, she goes, I, th- I think you've got something here mm. um, to take what you've been through and help someone else mm-hmm. experience something mm-hmm. similar. So, um, so that's a big part of what I'm working on right now is what, what would it look like for you to have a year of you? What, uh, what things were strategic to making my year of just, uh, what it was and meeting the purpose of it. Um, and can I help walk other people through something similar? Um, so that's that's what I'm working on now. Um, some of that is, as we talked about in the very first um, podcast, was where do I want to focus that attention and that yeah. work. And um, so part of that work that I want to focus on is that spiritual component. So when I say I've landed, I won't say that I have. I won't tell anybody where I've landed on my my specific spiritual beliefs. Um, as much as I will talk about. Uh, the alignment of who I am with my spiritual mm. beliefs mm. and that um, that I have to stop being in conflict between my spiritual practice and my spirituality that they actually have to align it's a wholeness picture yeah. that one that, that nothing can be in conflict with something else yeah right if something is in conflict with something else, then it's it's not whole anymore. It's, it's part of the fragmentation. And we have, you have lived in fragmentation for too long. And that's, that's part of what the year of Jess was about, was about embracing wholeness and dealing with the fragmented parts. Yeah. And for some of that, it meant like bringing them together mm-hmm. and, and finding the connection points to... To bring two separates into one whole. For some men, just letting it go. Yeah. Like, this doesn't belong here anymore. There and were definitely things that I had to let die. Mm-hmm. And even grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and give space for the grief to settle. Mm-hmm. Um, and see what emerged on the other side. Yes. Um, part of that was with my body. Um, it, it will never be the same as it was before. You just can't have two craniotomies and be the same as you were before. Um, so I had to grieve the old body, the old home, and um, allow uh, a relationship with a new body in the new home. Same with spirituality. Um, there are things that will always innately, deeply uh, resonate with my soul and in my uh, faith practice from the time I was a child. Um, but there are big things that I have, I have let die, and I have had to grieve them. Um, I've even had to put call thing, call them name, like a, put a name to it, to say this is oppression, this is abuse, this is um, just dumb thinking. You know, like I, there's some things where I've just had to just call it out, um, so that you know what it is that you're letting die. And then, mm-hmm. and then bring, uh, allow spirituality to actually exist. I actually think 
that the, the spiritual practices, if not balanced with deep spirituality, become a conflict to each other. So you, you can do all the things of a spiritual practice and not actually be a spiritual being. Like, you're, we are spiritual beings, but you can actually live spiritually. Um, we can just do those things, just like we would do anything else. One of the things that Perform I... Perform an action. Right. One of the things that I learned mo- moving from the work that you did as a pastor in the church to the work that we did in the running community was that we really, in a weird sort of way, just kind of switched religions mm. between that because we bought hook, line, and sinker into the running mm-hmm. community, industry, retail, everything that goes along with it, a method to do it, all of that, as much as we had with the church. And so really we just... We just traded one for the other. Mm-hmm. And um, and so for me, that year of Jess really was saying, I really do like running, but I, I need to change the format. I need to change the experience. Yeah. I need to change the practice so that it actually becomes something that is whole and healthy and good for me. And I could say the same thing about religion. Yeah. So... Um, we just are so used to saying my faith practices sit over here my body sits over here my uh my mental abilities my you know job those things that i contribute to my community they sit over here and then my emotional being that space where we hold all of the things from those areas sits over here and we operate in each one of those separately and we don't bring them together and become a whole person and that's where this word embodied changed me throughout the year that I can have all of those at the table together Mm. and they actually can get along and they can actually help each other Mm. and they can heal each other um, rather than just fighting for their you know piece of the territory and staying fragmented set out and I you know in a year and identified some things that were happening and we said we should go with this flow we should embrace this and then we we named it the year of Jess and that but just because it's 2020 doesn't mean the year of Jess is done because what what transpired is a new way of thinking Mm -hmm. that we should live every year Mm -hmm. saying yes to every opportunity Right. Absolutely. That we should, um, that we should, we should be focused always on wholeness. We should be focused always on, um, on what is good and what takes us in a good direction, and what is life giving, uh, as opposed to life stealing mm-hmm. or life, um, 
altering, life slowing down, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that there are there are certainly things that come um, our way that we're, we're not going to be able to control. That's not the point. Mm -hmm. It's the the point of saying that those those things that we that we do have some say in those things that we do have some control in, and that's you know what we choose to participate in, right? Um, that we choose to participate in life-giving things. We choose to participate in life-giving um, journeys mm -hmm. in life-giving opportunities. And I think that, um, you know, we were talking earlier about how, you know, there were a few things that kind of came my way that I was like, well, this isn't my year. This is your year. And that was, I think that was very important because mm -hmm. it was it was important for us to understand something that mm -hmm. there was something special that was going on, something unique that was going on. But now, now it's just like, it, it's not like your year ended and now I get a year. Mm -hmm. right? We don't, it, it doesn't split that way. Um, now we're both living these lives where we're just looking and saying, we're going to say yes to every opportunity that presents itself. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and sometimes you have to push up against an opportunity to know if it's a real opportunity oh, or not, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have to say, this looks really intriguing. I'm, I'm actually going to push up against it. And if it, if it doesn't just open right up, well then, okay, then I'm going to take that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to understand that. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw a fit about it or whatever. I didn't get to do that. You know? mm -hmm. um, but if we don't push up against things, We'll never know if they're going to open up. We'll never know if they're going to present themselves, right? Yeah, but we can't push up against those things in authenticity if we aren't willing to let old mindsets rest. Very true. So if we keep trying to approach our year, our life of Jess, in um, the old old way we think um we will keep doing the old things and nothing will change right. the growth you won't see it um so if you're expecting to have something change you have to be willing to let some things die yes to challenge who you are to challenge um or who you think you are who you maybe that's coming from your community your job your family or whatever but you have to be willing to face those things um, we talked about how afraid I was before I went into surgery for that first craniotomy. Um, please, please tell me, Casey, there's another way to do this. It's the same thing with the year of Jess. There isn't another way to get whole without mm -hmm. making intentional decisions for it. Um, and they're going to hurt. They're going to feel uncomfortable um, because you're grinding against something You've been doing a certain way for a long time. Um, I also think that the challenge to living after the year of Jess is actually uh, staying true to what I learned, to living in that authenticity that I found about myself. Um, I'm, I'm in a holding pattern right now of too much on my plate. And I'm, I'm waiting for a few things to kind of break free. I'll be done with school in April. But if I don't continue to make conscious choices to listen to my body, to um, 
listen uh, to my soul, I will end up right back where I was right back when this all patterns. started. Um, and so it is still hard work right now to choose my health. I tell everyone in my life the top priority in my life right now, I think it should be this way all the time, is my personal health. Um, and that is that holistic approach to it. Um, I spent so many years, um, as we discussed earlier, um, not caring or not putting uh, thought into the quality of my life and just racing through life, mm. getting all the things done. And, uh, and I'm going to miss life again if I don't slow this ship down a little bit. Um, so the practice for me says I've come to all of this. I've learned all of this about myself. I've opened myself to uh, seeing the beauty of myself. Um, let's not lose sight of that. Mm -hmm. Let's let's stay in that space. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's a good spot to call this one. Yeah. Because we have lots of other things that we want to talk about too, and um, <laughs> yeah. and I think we needed to finish this conversation. It's been one that I think a lot of uh, you and I have needed to have, but but I also think that there are people in our lives who needed to hear the story of how we landed right here today in this moment, sure. um, and that uh, and why I'm doing the things that I'm doing now moving forward. Yeah. Not just that I took this amazing trip to Africa. And, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> it was very conscious decisions. Um, very intentional. Um, to, Choices. Yeah. yeah, to my health. Yeah. So I am looking forward to having some conversations that, um, you know, are, are exciting, but maybe not so directly about me. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the focus off of you for a little yeah, bit. Is what you're yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but tonight, we got a hot date. We got a hot date, and I need to go get ready for my hot date. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this has, been, this has been fun. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the space to talk through this story with you. Good gosh. It's. I don't think we realized what that we needed it. Yeah. And I don't think we realized what we both had to say about it um, without purposefully sitting down and, and taking the time. And you know, you and I talked about going back and listening to these, and God, they're just oh, don't know if they'll do it to anyone else, but they pull my heartstrings. Yeah. Yeah. It's good space. It is. Sacred space. Mm -hmm. Sacred space.